Well, good morning, PFB. It's great having you here. If you'll take out your programs, the uh, place where you can take study notes, you'll notice that there are some there, which means that I'm not preaching because I don't, I'm never that organized. Um, if this is one of your first times here at PFB, welcome. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I get to work with the young adults here. And uh, our, our guest teacher today, not speaker because that's what's hanging from here, but our guest teacher, our Bible teacher, um, he's been here before. I think the first time I met him was about three years ago. Remember, Pastor Glenn said, hey, uh, you're going to want to know, you want, you want to get to know this guy. And I said, well, why? He said, well, he can preach. I was like, well, that's all I need. Okay, that's, that's perfect. That's the foundation for every friendship that I have is someone that can preach or breathe. So what I have here is, uh, so I said, okay. And he said, well, he's also the young and old pastor at Shepherd of the Hills Church, and it's this pumping young and old ministry, and he's going to come here and preach. And so I, wanted, I want you to get to know him. I said, gladly, I'd be happy to. And so it's, you know, it's that weird first time meeting each other. And, but, man, he's awesome. And I think after three years, I think I can call him friend. Um, when I heard he was preaching today, uh, I was ecstatic. And they said, hey, can you host him? And I said, absolutely. Man, I'll be like little Martha Stewart for him. He'll be taken care of so nicely. Um, but, boy, man, the boy can preach. And if you've never heard him, you are in for a treat. Um, he's preached here. He's preached at Flood. He's preached at Ignite for us. I've gotten to partner with him there. Um, and it's always a joy. I'm telling you, it's kind of like a spiritual boxing match a little bit. You get a little bruised, but enough where you can get up and walk out. And that's kind of necessary as we move forward with Jesus. And so uh, probably the best dressed pastor I've ever met in my life and my twin. So if you do me a favor, welcome Philip Allen. <laughs> I'm serious. GQ style. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good morning. It's funny. Thank thank you, uh, Brian, for that intro. This guy, yes, is my friend. But this guy, last night the text I got, last text I got from him had me cracking up laughing. This morning the text I got from him had me cracking up laughing. It's like every time I talk to him, I'm look I, I hope I don't mind being in a bad mood because he always makes me laugh. He's a crazy guy. I want to give honor to Pastor Glenn for um, just being the, 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 the pastor that he is, the, the headship, the covering of this church. Um, he's away resting this weekend, so we pray that he is replenished, um, restored, so that he can come back and continue to contend for the souls of God's people. Um, I thank him for this opportunity to share with you. I want to give you just a little context as to where God has me. You know, I'll get up in the morning sometimes and sometimes I'll, I'll dive into a message I'm working on and, and that will sometimes be my devotional. Um, I never want to preach without the message uh, ministering to me. And there are times when I'll get up and, and I'll read a chapter of something. There are times when I'll get up and God will have me writing and journaling. And then there are times like this morning where he will just bring a verse to mind. And he'll put a verse on my heart, and I'll just go and just read that one verse, and I'll just meditate on that. And this morning, when I got up, the verse that he took me to was, and I'm just going to read it to you. You don't have to turn to it. Um, Jeremiah 1, 1, 9. It's one of my favorite verses. It's one of my life verses. Um, and it goes, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Jeremiah is saying, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. 
stop. Meditate on that for a second. And just kind of process the weight and the magnitude of that verse. I can never run past that verse. When I think about what God has called me to do and where he called me from, how far he's brought me to get to this place, I can never rush past that verse. And it's a very humbling verse. I've put my word in your mouth. That was a word to Jeremiah. It's a word for us. It's a word for me. And then he says this. I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck out and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. With the word that I put in your mouth. I've put my word in your mouth. And he simply asked me, would you eat? Would you consume? Would you take it in? Would you allow my word to be metabolized within you? Would you allow my word to then fuel you? To govern you? He says, I've put my word in your mouth. I want to talk to you about something, a couple of things that we're hardwired for. We're hardwired for. It's a part of our makeup. We need these things. The first thing I want to talk to you, especially as a, as a former personal trainer, I, I love this, this topic of, of fitness and health. We're hardwired for food. Anybody here don't like to eat or don't eat at all? Anybody don't eat at all? I'm just checking. I just want to make sure. I like to eat. When I was a kid, my grandmother thought I had problems. I ate so much. I was skinny. I'm still slim. I don't like to use the word skinny anymore. I'm slim. I'm, I'm an athletic build. <laughs> but when I was young, I was skinny as a rail. I was an athlete. I played football, basketball, did all that stuff, and I was skinny as a rail, and I ate like a horse. My grandmother would think something was wrong with me. Boy, what's wrong with you? You just ate like 30 minutes ago. I would eat all day. I could eat junk food and then go eat fried chicken the next day, the next moment, next minute. I love to eat. I would eat frequently throughout the day. And not only that, when I ate, my plate would be, I mean, the food would be spilling over to the side. I was a glutton, okay? I was a glutton. The food would be spilling off the plate. Macaroni and cheese, collard greens, fried chicken, venison, pulled pork, what you name it. Grandma could cook it. Somebody's hungry right now as I rattle off these, these foods. <laughs> you know, I love to eat. I'm on the phone with my grandmother often asking her. She's walking me through the recipe. Ask my wife. My, my wife is here. My, my grandmother will, will, will walk me through the recipe so I can try to cook it exactly like her. I love to eat. I'm hardwired to eat. I'm hungry right now. I'm thinking about Roscoe's on the way back to, 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 to church. I'm thinking about stopping by Roscoe's. Okay, let me, go, let me move away from that. But I want you to... <laughs> I want you to picture a dinner table. It's laid out. I want you to picture chairs around the table. And there's people all around this table, and you're invited. There's a special seat for you. 
Remember, you're hardwired for food, so you're ready to go. You're hungry. I want you to think about all the food that you like, that fills you, that satisfies you. I want you to think about the one that has you licking your fingers at the end of the, end of the meal or throughout the meal. I want you to think about the, the best meal that you've ever had. It's at the table. And you can't wait to engage. Do you have that picture in your mind? I want you, I want to, I want to take you, I want to give you this picture, paint this picture of our diets, our eating habits. You have a plate. And you have permission to get as much as you like. It's buffet style. Free. Hear me out. It's free, but it's going to cost you something. Did you catch that? I used to love eating at that, going to that type of, of, of feast. Let me tell you the food that I used to like, okay? Let me tell you the food I used to like. Remember, I said I ate often, frequently, and it would be spilling over the side of my plate. So let me just take you on that little journey. The food I ate. Alcohol. Women. Sports. Drugs. Sex. Drugs. Alcohol. Sports. Popularity, praises from men. I had my fill. And I ate frequently. And it would spill off the sides of my plate. Problem was, I thought I was satisfied. I thought I was healthy. And at the end of the day, that food was making me sick. I'm talking about spiritual food. I knew nothing of Jeremiah 1.9. I've put my word in your mouth. Because I was busy eating other things, engaging, consuming so many other types of food. Food me into believing, much like junk food and, and fast food and, and sweets. Food me into believing that I was filled and this would give me the energy that I needed to fulfill the things in life, to go about my day. I was satisfied. This food gave me health problems. This food left me sick. Yet we're hardwired to eat. This is my point. As we talk about our spiritual diets this morning. Remember, we're hardwired to eat, to take in, to consume food. That which energizes us. We need it. The question is, for you and I, which diet do we want? The poor diet or the Jesus diet? We have a choice. Because just as we're hardwired for food, 
Here's the point of my message. We're hardwired for God's will. It'll make sense in a little bit. But I want to talk to you about the culture that we're in because the culture feeds us. Now, it may not be affecting some of you because some of you might be way more spiritual than the rest of us. You may be in church, you may be in the presence of God 24-7. Praise Jesus. But it, I guarantee you it's affecting your grandchildren and your children, your nieces and your nephews. Somebody you know, the culture is impacting them. There is not a day that goes by that the enemy does not invite you and I to the table. Not a day. You will never have to worry about not having temptation in your life. Did you realize that? One of the most consistent things in our lives is temptation. You will have a table laid out for you of all these worldly things that we will be sometimes fooled into thinking they will satisfy us. This is what we need. We, we need. But we are hardwired truly for the things of God. Little do we know we are hardwired for it. Did you realize we're hardwired for worship? Just let me go down that little tangent for a second. Everybody in here is a, a great worshiper. Everybody. We're hardwired to worship. It's where we place our worship. People, things, material things, or Jesus. We're hardwired for the things of God. How many of us search for meaning, purpose, and the things that matter? Think about it. Who wants to live a life with no purpose? Who wants to get up during the day and there's no meaning to today, to my life today? Who wants to get up and nothing matters? Even vacations matter. There's something meaningful about a vacation. Rest, recovery, enjoying your spouse, your family, what have you. Enjoying life, seeing something you've never seen before. There's meaning to everything. And we search for it. We search for meaning. We search for things that matter. We search for purpose. We want it. We're hardwired for it. Guess what? There is no greater meaning, purpose, or things that matter than the things that are found in the will of God for you. It's the only thing that will satisfy you. It's the only thing that will keep you going. It will fuel your life when you get a, a hint of the will of God, God's desires. Listen to this about the culture, though, because the culture is very tempting, very alluring. But I want you to, to get this part. Whatever a generation ignores, the following generation will experiment with. Whatever a generation experiments with, the following generation will endorse. Whatever a generation endorses, the following generation will celebrate. Did you follow me? Let's do it again. Whatever a generation uh, ignores, turns a blind eye to, won't talk about, won't deal with, it doesn't exist, oh, no, it's taboo. 
Whatever that generation, think back decades ago. Things that weren't talked about, things that weren't discussed, things that weren't taught. The next generation will experiment with. They'll dabble a little bit. Still a little taboo, but they're experimenting nonetheless. What they experiment with, by the time the next generation comes along, they're now endorsing because it's now normal. And what that generation endorses, the following generation will then celebrate. Think about the things that are celebrated today. The new norms. They were once endorsed, but not celebrated. Before that, they were experimented with, just coming out of the closet maybe. And before that, it was ignored. The culture, the shifting currents of the culture are feeding the generation. 